It's session IPA seems like it's a uh, term at odds with itself. Yeah, it's mostly fundamentally it's a pale ale that's just been hopped to shit. Yeah. Um. But it's tasty and and you can drink yeah. a of them. Yeah, it's it the just... beer for when you're having more than one. Yeah, but you also want your mouth to turn to dust by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like eating funyuns. <laughs> <laughs> now, by the time you're done with your fun, you could have eaten like three funyuns, or you could have eaten a bag of funyuns. Your mouth will be bleeding at the end of, of your funyun session. It's the fiberglass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a funyun is seventy percent fiberglass, thirty percent eight-month-old oh. onion. I have to tell you about this dream before I forget it, because I had a dream last night Okay. that I still haven't wrapped my head around. Um, so I was never really um, a Seinfeld fan, mostly just because okay. I, I was never never sat down and watched it, was never really exposed to it. Sure. That, that, that would be like when I would come home from school, in middle school, high school, there'd be afternoon reruns of Seinfeld, but there's also would be afternoon reruns of Simpsons, and I always watch The Simpsons. Naturally. Um, <laughs> but I had a dream last night about uh, the show Seinfeld. And it was like picking up from the end of the series where they all ended up in jail. And the dream was, in a sense, um, in the style of some other shows that have come back recently, they were bringing back Seinfeld for a new season. But the premise... <laughs> uh. And I don't, I don't know where I got this, but the premise was that in between the end of the series where they ended up in jail, and when the new series started, uh, all George was f- with the Crips. No, all <laughs> all four main cast members, for whatever reason, had been killed in prison, and so the show was it all took place in Jerry's apartment, uh, but they were all ghosts. And they could never leave. So it became kind of a no-exit situation. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I, I'm glad that you're writing sitcoms in your sleep without me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was workshopping a few things. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe they won't be confined to just the apartment. Maybe they'll get to go to the coffee shop as well. It would seem fitting that they'd be allowed to go to Monk's at least. Yeah. You can go there. They can, like be in Jerry's apartment and I guess kind of the Jerry's floor of the apartment so you could have Kramer as well. Yeah. Save on location shooting then. Just a couple sets. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the question. Only the four of them died? Only the four of them died, yeah. Would maybe uh, Kramer convince Newman to kind of be his leg man? Well, maybe... um, because it can't just be, like, Jerry's apartment just isn't going to sit there forever. Maybe Newman has rented Jerry's apartment now. And, uh, yeah, Kramer has Newman go out and fetch things for him. Like, he has him go out and fetch him, like, a bowl of soup 
or something. Mm-hmm. And he brings back the soup, and Kramer like tries to to eat the soup, and he just pours it through himself onto the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the opening joke is is that Kramer kind of looks at himself and realizes he's a ghost, and is like, oh, again. <laughs> It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Gold, Jerry. Gold. You don't know the Seinfeld. You you, get, I, you know a little. I, I. It's mostly just through like cultural diffusion. Uh huh. Like th- there's some things in Seinfeld that. Yeah, obviously things like the soup Nazi and. Yeah, it's like I I haven't read the contest. The, I haven't read the Bible, but I know who Jesus was mostly. <laughs> Does you, this you mean anything up. to you? Caught right four. No. Sorry. It's from the classic Chinese restaurant episode. I believe uh, it's uh oh, uh oh it's it's one of the two and I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> okay. Before you do, let me look it up. Um okay, so Seinfeld Chinese food episode. Uh okay. William Hong. Okay, so you're you're saying it's William Hong? I can't remember. Because that is neither of the two men that is closest to William Hung from American Idol and the Hung Jury. Well, that's not... Uh, James... Ah, uh, James... Ah, shit, I forget his name. James Hong. James Hong, that's yeah. it. The one, who, the one who is still with us. The one who was Lopan. Not, not Victor Wong, who was, who, who was Egg, 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 Shen. Egg Shen. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. I knew it was Lopan. Oh yeah, but yeah, he's he's the Mater D at the Chinese restaurant, and of course, the second that they all give up and leave, the the capper on the episode, mm-hmm. right after they walk out the door, Seinfeld for. Ah. Yeah, of course he was the maitre d' in the, the Chinese restaurant. It was a television production in the 1990s with a Chinese person in it. It had to be either James Hong or Victor Wong. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just SAG. Yeah, SAG rules. We have two Chinese actors. Well, I, I got a, a little kernel of an idea that maybe we could could blossom into something exposed to radioactive heat and calls it to pop into something fluffy and delicious yeah more or less okay give it to me well it's a lot of guys walking around out there like project the image of being kind of a tough guy being a badass mm-hmm. you know but there's no Outside of like getting into a fight with them, mm-hmm. there's no way to verify mm. whether the affectation matches up with the substance. Really easy to walk the walk, much harder to talk the talk. Yeah. So I was thinking that maybe we could set up some sort of institution of some sort would like maybe. Uh, engage in some sort of certification. Oh, I like that. 
maybe kind of like a correspondence course or, or something like that or a camp. Yeah, like uh, like a, a tough guy college. Yeah. Like you, you can walk around and act all tough, but, you know, at some point you're going to have like a, a burly guy in a, a large ill-fitting suit tap you on the shoulder and ask to see your, uh, your, your membership papers. card. Yeah. Bus- business papers. Yeah, business papers. Uh, but they, they, they want to make sure, uh, like, when the guy shoves you against the wall and says, have you paid your dues, Jack? I want to be sure that you can say, yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I basically maybe put these guys through, like, a eight to ten week certification course that basically mm-hmm. it kind of functions as a sort of a boot camp. Yeah. But it would have to be tougher. Yeah, like a meaner boot camp. But I, I think, like, what we need to do, first of all, is define kind of the, the borders of, you know, what are we considering the the markers of toughness? Because ultimately, you're, you're going to get your certification and you'll get, like, your tough score. But is it just physical toughness? Is it mental toughness? Emotional toughness? Like, do you have to be able to, like, watch Rudy without crying? That's not possible. Yeah, it's true. That was a trick question. You passed. That's one point on your score. Let me tell you about my favorite sport kind of heckling sign. No. I think it was there in, like, college game day at... Mm -hmm. Their team was playing Notre Dame or something like that, and somebody held up a sign that said, Rudy was offsides. always gets me. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> you get in one play and you fuck it up. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. I, but personally, I value more of an internal, like a, a toughness, an internal toughness and a toughness with nature hmm. over like a like bar toughness mm-hmm. because okay, so, so your statement about bar toughness that that raises a red flag for me because when you were talking about an internal toughness the first thing i thought of was sam elliott and roadhouse well the thing about sam elliott and roadhouse is he's not going in and starting shit okay that's fair he's finishing shit that somebody else starts yeah you don't start it you end it exactly okay and that's that's kind of our what the the philosophy of of this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got uh, you've got your your physical session, but also you have like your your inner toughness session. Like you you have, you have to have the the serenity to if if a guy's like getting up in your face and going fuck you, man, and and I don't like you and things like that. You have to be able to stand there and take it until the point where it's acceptable and perhaps even necessary to not take it anymore. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, um, I, I feel like there's two parts to this. There is, uh, you know, for, for lack of a, a better description, there's uh, a written test and a physical challenge. Correct. That, that you have to come over at the end. And the, you know, the written test that that can be that can be done remotely. We can manage that online or, or kind of like a correspondence course. The written test would be great because it would help weed out a lot of the assholes. Yeah, and and maybe that that has to happen. Maybe it's in two parts. Like you have to, to pass part one of the of the written test first mm-hmm. to be accepted as part of your application. Well, then, part 
you know, maybe maybe it'd be best for the, the first part of the written test to not be a very weed-outy kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. that way we get more people, we collect more registration fees. Yep, yep. And it would be a public service because it would, but getting on to the physical stuff, it would put a lot of the, the assholes in their place. Well, and, and I think that, you know, this is the kind of thing, normally you, like say you're you're trying to put up admission statistics for a college, you, you say something like, oh, we only accept 1% or 5% of our applicants or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, 98% of them graduate. I don't think we want that. I think we want a very high washout rate. And we want to communicate the importance of that washout rate because th- we, we need to, like, frame up front. This is a hard thing to get through. Only even the creme if you de la creme gets certified. Exactly. And everybody, all, all the people that apply think <laughs> that they are that level. But yeah. very few of them are. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, to to your point, it is a public service because you are you are really separating the you know the wheat from the crap. Yeah, you know you got something that coming there. I don't care, man. I'll punch an alligator in the face. Yeah, like that guy's gonna. Yeah. Get yeah. day day one. He he lose to the bird. <laughs> to the bird. Mm-hmm. Who's the bird? The bird that you fight at the beginning. Come on, keep up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, ostrich or emu? Like a hawk. Oh, so uh, not not even a big bird. You're, you're thinking like sort of a, a small bird, but talons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we save like the the ostrich fight for like what week four? Yeah. See, the, da- the danger with the ostrich on. is it's like the neck is like a snake. It's up like this. But when it strikes, boom, it strikes. Yeah, it's it's not. You got to really adapt a lot of your techniques mm-hmm. just because of the unusual anatomy. So I appreciate that at least part of the curriculum is going to be uh, animal fights, potentially, but definitely bird fights. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's also important to, you know, test, uh, you know, basic survival skills. Yeah. Uh, you know, week two, you're just in the woods. Yeah. Um. But like, what? What are you're gonna have to drink your own pee to get through this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But I'm just trying to think if we're trying to like work back from aptitude, um, to curriculum. Um. So animal fighting. Um. Sort of wilderness survival skills. What are the other aptitudes that we need to build out to, to be legitimate tough guys? I mean, those are the big ones. Is see, I, I, th- I, think... uh, I mean, being able to handle. I mean, handle yourself in a fight against. I guess there would kind of be a fighting tournament element to this would probably help. See, I, I think the the tournament. Um... The tournament runs throughout the entire mm-hmm. uh, the entire mm-hmm. program. Like the end of every week, you got to yeah. fight. Um, I also think that there should be a, a heavy drinking element to the tournament as well. You uh, should pick- be able to put away a fifth of whiskey and go out there and fight. Well, that that's part of it, but the other part of it is like you know, we're not going to kick you out of this. We we don't have the authority to look at you having gotten in and say no you can't be here anymore. It's a conclusion you come to yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you don't need to be told. It it mm-hmm. it tells you. But performance does matter, and so I say at, at the end of the week, before the fighting begins, before the, the weekly tournament begins, you're scored based on your activity over the previous week and your record in last week's tournament, and then depending on how well or how poorly you scored, if you scored very well, you know, maybe you just you got to do a shot before the fighting begins. If you scored poorly, you got to do three, four shots before the fighting begins, and you have to go into it more impaired than you you otherwise would. Okay, okay. Ah, but if you win your fight in a more impaired state, that can that can boost your score and ultimately help with your certification. Certainly. Yeah. Um. Okay, so fighting, drinking, uh, wilderness survival, animal wrestling. What else? Chivalry. Oh, because uh, you know it, it's it takes a tough man to. Uh, yeah, to I mean it's not going to be a major focus, but it, it's included. Yeah, it, it it takes a tough man to be a gentleman. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, there should be a, at least a, a short course on. Uh, either poetry or Shakespeare, because you need to be able to have some kind of, like, quick um, comment, pseudo-mysterious comment. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, if if we could be building warrior poets, I mean, that's definitely something worth worth striving for. Yeah, and I I think we can. I think, you know, we we need... We need to set our sights higher, too, because, like, any... I I don't think that's a marketing point, per se. No, but no, no. it's it's something that can be more important, kind of more important on our end. Yeah, um, but it, you know, I think that any any educator will tell you, you know, you don't just challenge the kids; the kids challenge you too and push you mm-hmm. to be better. And you know, right. we need to we need to understand that some of these guys are going to push us to be better too. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Now, we we put people through the program; they come out certified with their score. Um, what, uh, what special privileges does that confer upon them? Well, I mean, they have, you know, their, their paperwork that they can pull out at any point and be like, mm-hmm. are you sure you want to fuck with me, sir? Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and the... I, I think it, it's it's more of bragging rights than anything else. Mm-hmm. Do they get like? Uh, I mean, like you know, if if you go and you get a doctorate somewhere, you get a special robe from your school. Like, can we can we give them uh, some kind of special colors or some kind of special garment or badge? Or yeah, something? You, you know, you get your your leather vest. Mm-hmm. Your uh, like uh, horsehair jacket. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to make it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You, but you get to wear it with pride. Yeah, yeah you you gotta you gotta go out and pick your cow, and then go through the tanning process. Mm-hmm. It's something. So, um, on a side tangent, I watched uh, a few months back with uh, with my lady he- friend here. We watched uh, Return of the Jedi, and she had never seen it before. Sure, sure, sure. And her. Her only comment through the entire film was uh, that she did not believe that the Ewoks could have learned how to tan leather. That is a 
Strange complaint. Yeah. I can buy all the rest of this. But those Ewoks... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Are you gonna tell me that these teddy bear-looking motherfuckers have mastered tannery? <laughs> Just kills the whole fantasy. Yeah. I mean, I can suspend my disbelief so far. Yeah. No, I, th- I think... Uh, I think In the desert that digests people over thousands of years, <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Little rat lizard monkey thing. I don't know. I known people from Staten Island looked like him. <laughs> I love this character, the, the the Brooklyn cab driver who's related to Salacious Crumb. Okay, composure. Serenity now. <laughs> Serenity now. That's a Seinfeld reference, right? It is a Seinfeld hey! reference. Hey! <laughs> it's because I think uh, the great Jerry Stiller's Frank, his doctor, tells him to use the phrase Serenity now to help him calm down. So he's just like, Serenity now! Serenity now! <laughs> Uh, uh, Jerry Stiller. He he is still alive, right? Tell me he's still alive. I believe he is. Okay, good. I'm getting worried. Pe- famous people are dropping like flies these days. Yeah. Okay, Jerry You're Stiller's still alive. You are not kidding. Uh, Jerry Stiller is still alive and still 88. Yeah. I thought of you when Prince died. Well, that's sweet. Because I, I have, I have Touch. the mem, I have the memory. I'm not sure if you do at this point, but I have the memory of you. Oh yes, yes, sta- yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember that fondly. Yeah, standing on the couch. Oh no, I remember that night clearly. Mm. I don't. I only, I only had, I only blacked out once. Mm. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's. Uh, I guess my secret shame. I've never actually sat down and listened to Prince. He's pretty great. Yeah, pretty great. Hmm. Yeah, you you never realize it until somebody tells you. But you listen to one Dubs cry, and it's a just total jam, and it grooves. And then you realize, or somebody tells you, there's no bass on this song, and you don't notice. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I read this interesting thing. Somebody uh, talked to Billy Gibbons about mm-hmm. Prince. Okay. And how apparently, like, a couple of years ago at one point, they were both in New York and Billy Gibbons went in. I think they'd been on, like, some sort of benefit together or something like that. Billy Gibbons goes into this bar late at night to try and find find some grub. Mm-hmm. And Prince is there kind of in the corner by himself and waves him over. And they just talk about guitar playing for, like, Two hours. Are you sure this isn't a play? <laughs> <laughs>